0: Excited today is not just the end of a season, end of a session of six weeks. It is also next week we're starting a brand new series called Playlist. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. This actually is one of those series that we that you get to dig in and maybe read parts of the Bible that you have in life and share some time uh, with a really incredible person. And uh, before we get into that, I want to just say this that. Uh, this series, on the whole, was was built around the idea. It actually comes from uh, a book written by John Maxwell called "Running with the Giants," and he talks about what it would be like to spend time with each of these people. And over the last few weeks, we, we've we've I, I don't know which one's my favorite. I've been asked that question, but that's like saying which is your favorite kid, or which is your favorite Bible story, or which is there's you you can like all of them, you can love all of them, and. You can get a lot out of every one, but we've pulled out just some key some key points and tried to find just, uh, if they if we could just take one lap, it's like there's this crowd of witnesses, and that's actually what the scripture says. It's like the crowd in the stands as a great race has taken place. So let's let's look at that verse as we get started, and we're going to jump right in because I have a lot of things to share with you. If you don't have your notes this morning, if you didn't get notes coming in, I would like to encourage you right now, you can go on the Uversion Bible app and pull, you can download by searching Relate Community Church, and you can download the notes for today's message. Are y'all ready? About five of you are ready. Okay. All right, here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and I'm assuming by now that you've already read Hebrews chapter 11. If you haven't already read it. That's your homework for tonight. You've got to read Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. And so based on Hebrews 11, that all these people did things by faith, by saying yes to God, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I really love the fact that they that he, that he leaves that part of this verse in. Because it's easy to say, you know, hey, Abraham did it. Moses did it. So and so did it. All the way down the line. It's easy to say that, but then lose the fact that it's actually not that easy. It's, it's sometimes hard because there's lots of entanglements. There's lots of difficulties and obstacles. So he, he, he says right up front, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. So even though it's it's some sometimes it's the simplest things like just saying yes to God that are so tough. Like we have to get past usually ourselves. I think across the last uh, the last five weeks, especially, it's been the biggest obstacle that we have <laughs> is us, our own thoughts. We overthink things. We we get in our own way. So. To throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so in, in easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So I want you to know today, whether this is your first part of this series or you've been here for all six, you have a race to run. Would you just tell the person sitting next to you, you have a race to run. If there's nobody sitting next to you, just point at yourself. Self, <laughs> I've got it right now. You're talking to yourself. Okay. So today we're looking at Sarah. We're going to kind of break open the life of Sarah and look at some of the key moments. But Sarah, Sarah I think, speak to, speaks to us where we are, especially for those of us, for when I have promises from God, but nothing is happening. Like, I know that God wants me to do this or this, and I know that God gave me a either a word, or I know that this is what God said to do because it's in his word, but it's just not happening. Seems like nothing's happening. It seems like I know what the Bible says, but it seems like it's not working. And that's exactly where we pick up with Sarah. In Genesis chapter 15, verse one, says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So if you'll notice where we're starting here, Abram, Abraham and Sarah both have different names because God changes their name just like a few weeks back when we talked about Jacob God changes Jacob's name to Israel and in this moment they have an encounter with God God moves in their life and he changes their name but here's where we pick up is before he changes their name so we have Abram and Sarai so the Lord came the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision do not be afraid Abram I am your shield, your very great reward. So when he changes their names, later in the story, I want you to notice this, that the part that he adds to their name, he he, he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, and Sarai to Sarah, and that ha is actually him, that's in the Hebrew language, that's the part of the language that represents God. It's actually God adding himself into them. And when we have an encounter with God, it's like he's changing us to be more like him and our identity is changed. And we see that he changes their names. And he's working in their life. He's giving them promises because they made a commitment to walk with him, to follow him. We see that Abraham even leaves the country where he's at. God says, go that way. I'll show you where you're supposed to be. So by faith, he steps out. And it would be incredible for us to talk for the rest of the day about Abraham because Abraham stepped out and lived by faith. But I think there's an incredible, incredible point to be learned by all of us. And maybe more of us can relate to Sarah. So God puts himself in them. And I want you to to recognize this before we move on. Actually, this message is a little bit different because we're kind of going verse by verse. That's not our... That's not been where we've typically been but there's so many things i want to show you in here if you notice the very first thing that he says and in fact if you look in most of the scriptures where god shows up or the messenger of god shows up the very first thing that's said is don't be afraid even though god he comes to bring life change he comes to bring life to us and yet what's our first response usually especially based on the fact that the first thing that's usually said is hey don't be afraid The angels are coming to tell that Jesus is going to be born, and they say, don't be afraid. This is good news. So I think it's only natural for us that when God comes to bring change or when God comes to bring his agenda into our lives, even if we've said, God, I want your agenda, even if we say, God, I'm ready for anything you want me to do in life, I'll follow you anywhere, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything, I'll say anything. Even when we, when we have that position in our hearts, it's like all of a sudden, God shows up and we get afraid. He's like, uh, I don't know about this, God. I don't think so. That's this not quite what I had in mind. Let's move on. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? In other words, you're saying you're going to bless me, but what good is it if you bless me? I don't even have kids to pass it on to. It's like he's trying to discount the fact that God wants to bless him. It's like God wants to do something and he can't get his mind around it because there's those things that entangle us in our race. I can't run that race, God, because what's your thing? What's my thing? We have, we have things. We have We have uh, reasons, let's put it that way. His first reason is, God, why would I, that that, that won't help me anyway. And so, and Abram said, and you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. And this is where God gives the promise to both of them, Abram and Sarai you're going to have a son, but here's the incredible thing, that the son doesn't actually come, so the promise comes, but the son doesn't actually appear for 25 years or so, so you get this promise where God says, hey, this is the plan, I'm going to do this, and I can only imagine, six months from then, or maybe nine months from then, what happened, God? (laughs) Maybe two years from then, three years from then. And here's the deal, God gives them the promise while they're able to bear children, while they're still in childbearing years. So it seems reasonable, right? Hey, we're gonna have kids. But what about whenever they start climbing up in age and all of a sudden, well, God gave us that promise, but it's a little too late, God, thanks a lot. How many of us have walked in life and we feel like God had a plan for us and it's almost like we wanna say, without being too disrespectful thanks a lot god i I mean what happened i thought we had a plan i thought the word says this i you know i felt like i've done everything right i've been going to church every week i've been reading my bible i've been i want you to know this that god cares about all they're going to come because god his promises are not void they don't disappear because we didn't keep up our end of the bargain He took him outside and said. So it's almost like God's trying to convince him at this point. So Abram doesn't quite get it. He says, why should I do this? And then he says, let's walk outside. I want to show you something. He says, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. In other words... This is something really big that i'm about to do something that's outside of your ability outside of your mindset outside of your Ability to even comprehend it. It's bigger than that It's like he's having this argument in this discussion where god says hey i'm gonna do this and abram says well You know, there's problems with that plan god (laughs) God gives us things to do and things to walk out that are always bigger than us god Like, in fact, God, that's the kind of thing that he does. He wants you to be a part of of things that you can't figure out. So in order for us to say yes to God, we have to say yes to something that we can't quite get our mind around. That's hard. That's faith. And if if you feel like God's asking you to do something that you can get your mind around, well, this is easy. I can do it A, B, C, D. It might not be God. Or maybe God's just testing to see if you're ready for that bigger thing. God wants you to have something outside of your understanding. God wants you to have something that's so big that it doesn't quite fit into your mind. And usually what we do is say, "Uh uh-uh, God, that doesn't fit in my mind. (laughs) Don't you know I'm only human? But if we could just trust God, God knows. Hey, that's the reason we have Hebrews chapter 11. That's the reason God says Abraham by faith and now Sarah by faith. Why? Because we need to be inspired that there are crowds of people who have gone on ahead of us that have done massive and amazing things, not because they were able, not because that it could fit in their mind and they just had this special plan or they were special called people. No, but because they were, they were willing to say yes to God when he said, hey, I've got something so big you'll never believe it. So despite our limitations in our own human minds, these people still said yes. Okay, okay, God, I'll trust you. So this message is for when you can't understand God and impatience threatens to overwhelm you. This is one of those things that growing up I was told, look, be be careful if you pray for patience. Patience. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're going to get it, right? And in order for you to get that patience, it requires that you go through, some, sometimes it's tough. But, the, but the, the win on the other side of that patience is always worth it. When we actually trust God and we're patient and we believe what God says and take him at his word, how amazing is it that God shows Is easy to imagine when you think, well, whenever I was 15, I was dating this guy. Or I was dating this girl, and thank God I never got married. Thank God that he didn't answer my prayer. Because looking back now, there's no telling where we'd be. Hindsight is 2020, but God can see ahead of us. God, can, God knows where we're headed. God knows where we're coming from and going to. And God, God's plan always lines up. And so sometimes those unanswered prayers are when we should have just had patience in God. Okay, God, I'm trusting you. It doesn't make sense to me right now, but I, I believe it will make sense when I get there. So a couple of things before we really get started. The first big thing is that I, moving into the rest of this message, don't complicate God's promise with your solution. I think if she could tell us, if Sarah could tell us anything, because right now we've seen God talking to Abram, and then all of a sudden this this promise is to both of them cuz they're a husband and wife and she's the one that actually has to have the baby I think if she could look back across her life she'd say hey don't complicate God's promise with your solution cuz God's promise is better than your solution but as we'll see in just a couple of minutes she takes matters into her own hands and if you've read the story if you know the story or if you heard the story a thousand times growing up like I did, you know what she does. And she does take matters into her own hands and she begins to, well, if God's not going to do it, I can make it happen on my own. <laughs> and she ends up messing up a lot of things. So I'm going to show you real quick how, how we need to trust God, how we need to trust his promise and not inject our own solution into his promise. I'm going to show you three, three ways that we need to trust God. Number one, even if it takes a long time, we have to trust God. Even if, I'll say it again, even if it takes a long time, we have to trust God. So when God says, I'm going to do this, and even when it's 25 years later, and now we're beyond the possibility of it happening, in God's world, it still can happen. In God's world, it's still happening right on time. <laughs> but we think God is slow. How many of you, have, just be honest, you've thought, man, God is slow? <laughs> You're telling on yourselves. I've thought it before. I, I certainly have thought it before. God, why can't you just do it right now? In fact, it reminds me of a story of a guy talking to God and he says, God, how long is a thousand years to you? And he says, Oh, it's just like a second. It's just like like a second. How well God, how how much is a million dollars? And he says, Oh, that's like a penny. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Well, God, can I have a penny? Yeah, just hang on a second. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That was a delayed response right there. All right, cool. (laughs) We want God to show up now, and we want God to just do it our way, and we want to prescribe, God, here's my prayer list, and I've made a list of all the things that I need. And how many of us have prayed, God, I could just do so much for you if you just let me win the lottery? Or, God, if you could just let me get a good job where I'm making good money and get my, if you could just let me get all my stuff out of the way, then I could get to your stuff. Watch what happens with God. If we'll put his stuff first, he says, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But you gotta be on my time. You gotta be ready to go when I say, and you gotta be ready to wait whenever I say. That's tough. That's the kind of faith that sometimes feels painful because it's not happening in the way that we want it to, or it's taking longer than we'd like, or it feels like this doesn't, this ain't working, God. We just have to be patient. In verse Genesis chapter 16, verse one and two. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. This is where she starts doing her, she starts trying to fix it her way. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Isn't that the way it always goes, that whenever God's way's not working, all of a sudden we start getting what I call, and what I've heard others say, stinking thinking. It's where all of a sudden we change The whole situation. Well, God didn't give me any children. God has kept me from having children. Now we've moved on from God's going to give us children to God has kept me from having children, and the whole story has changed. And we've started writing in our our own part of the story. Well, God didn't show up. What's sad is a lot of times we quit too early. And then we blame God. We make it a mark against God that he didn't do what he said he was going to do. It's sad that there are people all over the world who maybe started off running that race and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to take a break because this is not working. If they would have just kept running the race, kept believing that walking by faith and running by faith Requires that we don't get to know all the pieces. We just have to trust God. And so Sarai says this. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And reluctantly Abraham. I added that part in reluctantly. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. <laughs> We're going to go do it this way. She already had the plan. We're going to do it this way. God's not showing up. So we can. We can maybe God wants us to do it this way. <laughs> so we start jumping to conclusions. And if you're familiar with the the story, you know she has a son. The maidservant has a son named Ishmael. And Ishmael becomes actually the father of many nations as well. And he would later become the father of the Arab nations. And to this day, even once God's promise shows up and we see uh, Isaac born and everything comes to fulfillment, now this This plan that was made by Sarah to to try and fulfill God's promise in her own way. Now we have in God's children, Israel and the Arab nations. And it ultimately comes back to a moment when someone decided, you know what? God's not going to do it. I'll help him out. I'll fix it my way. I'll fulfill God's promise to me. Number two, even if it seems ridiculous, we gotta trust God. Even if it seems ridiculous. In fact, I would be willing to say that some of us need to reestablish and reevaluate what ridiculous even means to us. We've become so scared of being that guy standing up on top of our truck at Walmart shouting with a bullhorn telling everybody they're going to hell. (laughs) We've rejected that notion that we can't be weird and we can't be ridiculous but sometimes God Does things that in his world, they're not weird at all. But to us, we're like, whoa, God, hold on. I never, I said I'd go to church. I never said I would raise my hands. (laughs) I'm picking on some some of you. But some of you need to move that toe tapping. You need to just move it on up. You don't have to dance around the room, but some of you need to get ready. You might not be ready for this, but you can just hold the baby. Just hold the baby. (laughs) I'm kidding. Genesis chapter 18, verse 10. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So now he puts a timeline on it. Now he comes back in and says, this is, and this is where we see a different side of Sarah. This is where I want to kind of stay for the rest of the message. Because something resonates here that is very relevant for, for our time. Now, they're not young anymore. Now, they're not in a place where, oh, that's easy, God. You could do it. Like, thank you, God. That's what we've been praying for. I've needed a son. So now, we're 25 or so years later. Now, they're old. They're past the age of childbearing. And God says, I'm coming back next year. Now, finally, time's right. Let's do it. And now, Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. In verse 10 through 14, Abraham and Sarah. Now, Sarah was listening behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in their years and Sarah was past the age of childbearing so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought after I'm worn out and my master is old will I now have this pleasure. So finally God it's to the point where she laughs to herself. It's, a, it, it, it's so funny that she has to laugh about it. I think that in a lot of ways the church and the voice of God, even like even for someone to say, you know what, I heard from God. In fact, I, I I know that a lot of pastors and a lot of people have stopped saying, you know, I heard God, because it's become a laughing matter. It's, oh, you mean you heard from God? Like God actually spoke to you? Like we become so uh, sensitive about how people see us and about how, like, you want to know how you can hear from God? Open up your Bible. He's still speaking every day. Telling you that once you've tuned into hearing his voice, you can hear his voice without the Bible in your hand. God can speak to you just like he spoke to Abraham. He's not going to speak to you something that doesn't line up with the Bible. But God speaks. And it shouldn't be this weird and ridiculous thing. Well, oh, pff, that guy's crazy. He thinks God talks to him. A lot of churches have have become... Like laughing stocks because here's the deal If people would just wake up and realize that god is speaking to people and that god actually does answer prayer (laughs) I think the problem is a lot of people just don't believe that even the people sitting in the church Don't believe that god speaks don't believe that god would answer. They just think my life will be better if I go to church I would rather you not come to church And have an experience with god I would rather you have one moment in the presence of God than come to church every day for a year. Because that one moment is when God can speak to you a promise or confirm to you something or just point and say that way. So she laughs and the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? He's challenging that she's laughing in the back corner and I don't, it might have gone something this way saying, Abraham, what's up with your wife? (laughs) I'm going to move right on. (laughs) Is anything too hard for the Lord? He says, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. The third one, we have to trust God even when those around you don't. We have to trust God even when those around you don't because sometimes it'll be your wife. Sometimes it'll be your husband. Sometimes it'll be be your kids or your mom or your dad, your aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, whatever, your neighbor, your boss, your employees. Sometimes it's going to be the people that you click on the news or you click on your favorite television show or your or or you open up to your favorite author and you're listening to something that contends with what you know God is, the promise that God has given you, and yet there are all these other voices. Sometimes it's on the morning radio show when you click it on, and all of a sudden, sometimes I turn on some voice and the voice grieves me because it's contending with the voice of God in my life. At some point, as believers and as people who want to continue to hear the voice of God, we got to shut off some of the other voices. We have to be willing to get rid of the other voice even if it's something that we love to hear. Sometimes the value of God's voice in our life has to rise up above all the other voices that we've given value to. There will be unbelievers. We live in a digital age. You can pop open your phone right now and fact check every single thing that I'm saying and some of you do and I'm happy about that. But also when God speaks to you, you possible because there's no way you'd ever do that because, you know, that's physically impossible. And that's kind of where they are with Abraham and Sarah. There are too many truths in our lives. But at some point we have to turn off some of those voices. So Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about me will laugh with me. There are a lot of people out there trying to figure out the church and trying to figure out, like I said before about, even if the church is a laughing matter, I think we have to get to a place where we have to say, listen, if you don't believe it, just come and see. Like you, if you, I, I don't have to tell people that God can speak to them. I just need to get people into an atmosphere where they're willing to say, God, are you there and ready and the presence of God? And boom, God speaks and I didn't have to do anything. I don't have to be the voice of God. I don't have to tell you who you are. I don't have to tell you God's plan for you. I just have to say God has a plan for you. And if you'll look for it, you'll find it. I had a lady call this a couple of weeks ago, uh, as is often the case since we started, since we first put our name and phone number online, and our phone number is still my cell phone number. So people who call the church line, they get me. And I'm happy to do that. I love that. I love all the different people that we talked to, but this one in particular started asking, well, are you a such and such church? Are you a such and such church? Are you this church? And like all these hyphenated, are you a blank church? <laughs> and I said, listen, if you come to the church, you'll see what we are. We're not going to be labeled. In fact, when when Jesus says, or when Paul says there's not Greek nor Hebrew or Jew, there, there's not a greek christian or a jew christian there's we're not a something christian we're just christians i think that if there if we didn't have so we want to put everything into categories and label things and if we could just be labeled like christ and of course that doesn't fit everybody's notion of what things should be like and we all have uh contingencies and obligations and things that well i'm only going to go to this kind of church well how about this Let's not pre-label ourselves and let's say, hey, this is a place where God shows up and we show up. Of course, we have all of our beliefs online. You want to look through our beliefs, but I'm not going to label and give us a hyphenated type of church. So we're a come and see church, although that is in itself a hyphenation. (laughs) (sighs) It's impossible. So I just tell our team leaders, we're going to keep on loving people. And we're going to keep on loving God. And we're going to watch God keep working in people's lives and changing people's lives. Because that's what He does. He changes people's lives. And He shows up. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham and Sarah, that said to Abraham and Sarah, would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age? Finally, the promise comes to pass that she bears a son. I give you the three things that I think would be her words of encouragement to us. Like, not just trust God, but here, here's how you do it. Okay, like there's some key moments in your life that you're gonna have to trust God, and so we're gonna jump into that. And I think of all the people in Hebrews chapter 11 that were listed that lived by faith and acted by faith, and God used. Sarah is the one that she almost the whole time doesn't believe it. Almost the whole time she's laughing and saying, "Well." Would God really do that? And laughs. And like her story is not quite like the others that she had to act upon it. And she was obviously with Abraham. But watch this. She actually shows up in Hebrews chapter 11. Alongside all those men and women. I love that that there are so many included. Even when you look at the life of Rahab. That she didn't live for God for so many years. She was living a life and God showed up and presented an opportunity. God came literally knocking at the door. And she said yes, and she was cl- included in a list, included in a lineage of faith. And Sarah also, and I like the way it's, it's written here, and uh, it reminds me of me sometimes. And by faith, even Sarah, it's like, even Pastor Sean could do it. <laughs> even Sarah made the list, guys. If even Sarah can do it, then you can do it. Who was past childbearing age was was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So even though the promise was hard to believe, she knew who made the promise because the one who made the promise had been walking with them and fulfilling promises over and over and over. And so she trusted the promise maker. If you can trust the promise maker, it doesn't matter what the promise is. Despite us, he will still use us. and number one in in my closing uh, remarks, I'll give you this: don't try to get ahead of God when he isn't moving fast enough for you. like don't jump ahead of him and don't just wait, just wait on the Lord. Just wait. When we started building uh relate we 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 literally went from Angela and I. In our living room with the two of us, we hadn't told our kids, and so we had this idea, and through 21 days of prayer and fasting, we were like, finally coming to grips with what starting a church would mean. It would mean that we'd have to leave the places where we were serving, it would mean that we have to leave our jobs, it would mean that we wouldn't have any money, no income, no building no church building not, no one to start with us like it's easy to start a church if you've got a hundred people that are saying hey let's start a church we didn't have that we had two people just the two of us and we even joked sometimes well if it's just the two of us then god we know god wants us to start a church it'll just be the two of us and hopefully once we tell our kids it'll be four of us and then we'll just have a church of four people and that'll be enough if that's what God wants. <laughs> but quickly it turned into more that, in fact, every single morning we, we show up here at 7 a.m. We start setting up and putting up lights. And I've had people tell me, well, at least you get to use the movie screen and their projector and their lights and everything. And I said, no, sir. <laughs> Those came at a great price that we, we actually set up everything. Everything you see is stuff that God has given us the possibility of. I, we never dreamed. We literally thought we'd be having church in our house. I had a guitar. That was it. I was like, that's enough for a church. There'll be the four of us, and then I'll be the worship leader, and you guys can be the congregation. And sometimes we I still get to the point, and I've I have i have had people ask, Well, man, what could we just get into a building? If we just if we just didn't have to set up everything and tear it down every week, then we would just have and so here's what I say. I say that. When God wants us to be in a building, we'll be in a building. And it'll be a God deal, and we won't have to break ourselves to make it happen. I'll tell you, every Sunday when I show up here, we set up and tear down, take down all the equipment, and pack it all back up in the trailer, but I have to change clothes every week. And so I thought many times, man, in fact, for the first probably year, I was changing clothes in the bathroom stall, uh, down down the hall, as you guys know, just <laughs> in the biggest bathroom stall, hoping that no one comes in and needs to use the handicapped stall. This is my office for a little while. <laughs> I'm in and out as quick as possible. Then we figured out, someone told me, well, you know, Pastor Sean, there's another, like this big room over here. And I never knew it the whole time up until about uh, six weeks ago or two months ago. I was shocked to find, hey, there's another family-sized bathroom that's my new office, and I can go in and there's just plenty of space <laughs> for about five minutes. That's my office. And now we got moved over into, uh, into the conference room, which I'm excited about. <laughs> we're, taking, we're taking steps of progression. But listen, it'd be great to say, you know what? We need offices, and we need facilities, and how about a big gymnasium, and how about, how about an auditorium and properties and all these things? It would be really easy to say, God, where are you at? <laughs> like, we need some stuff, God. But God says, I got you right where I want you. And I think he says the same thing to every one of you. I got you right where I want you. If you'll just trust him and keep your eyes on him and not try to get ahead of him, there's a God deal coming. And it'll be so much better than the one that you could come up with. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. He is patient. And so let's be like God and be patient. So what do we do? The secret of patience, and you can write this down, the secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. Like not getting ahead of, like not not changing plans to fulfill the plan to get ahead of God, but doing something else while you wait. Saying, okay, God, I'm just gonna keep my hands busy, but I'm waiting on your promise. And so we're gonna work in the meantime. We're gonna build in the meantime. We're gonna see people's lives changed in the meantime. And we're gonna keep doing the things that he's given us By faith, knowing that we're here for a purpose. Psalms 37, be still. I'm going to give you a secret. You can do this in 10 minutes. You don't have to open your Bible. You don't have to get down on your knees. All you have to do is turn on a worship song. Sometimes when we're most eager, when we're most impatient, if you'll turn on a worship song, it changes the atmosphere of your faith. It changes the atmosphere of your heart and of your mind, and it puts you into a place where... I'm telling you, I could be more anxious than any other time in my life. I turn on a worship song. Literally, it doesn't take hours; it takes two, uh, one or two songs, where I literally begin to worship and listen and let that. It's almost like washing that takes place, and we get into that mindset and say, "Okay, God, I'm ready to trust you. I'm ready to wait on you. Just worship. Don't worry about evil people who who prosper." Or fret about their wicked schemes. Again, walk in worship and then shut off those other voices. Two things. Walk in worship and shut off those other voices. So turn on the right voice and then start turning off. Some of you need to turn off your TV or take a break from f- Facebook or Instagram. Or Last night, Angela and I were sitting at a table with a, uh, she said something like, I'm sort of an Instagram model. somebody asked her to take a picture and she couldn't take a regular picture and the the person that she took the picture of was a little bit irritated that she she made it all blurry around them and we just want our picture taken. We get so caught up in like our job online and the way that we relate with people. If we could just take a step back, turn off some of those voices, turn off some of those machines, turn off the TV, take our Sabbath, Take a rest and worship. Get right where God wants us to get. Number two, when you must wait, focus on what's happening in you, and not what's happening to you. If Sarah would have just, I think, <laughs> I think that's the kind of thing she would tell us. If, if I would have not been looking at the circumstances of what was happening to me and getting older and this, God's not showing up and God's kept me, all the things she said. Just look at what God's doing in you. Stop looking at the outward things. God wants to do something in you. In fact, when something happens to you, you need to realize that God wants to do something in you. When there's something, when everything is turbulent around you, and you're like, oh my goodness, God, what is going on? What's happening to me? Just take a break and realize that God wants to do something in that moment in you. We get too caught up in our eyes on those winds and the waves, and then we begin to sink instead of realizing that God wants to take us somewhere. And that's why waiting does not diminish us in Romans chapter 8, 24, any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. I love that phrase. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. It's like God is giving birth to something in us. It's almost like when Angela was pregnant and um, the, I, I feel like in both cases with Jake and Grace, <laughs> every time I mention their names, they just pff, tighten right up. <laughs> in both cases, in the second, we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to tell the story. She went into, <laughs> into Grace's, into the childbirth, and uh, she had planned on not having any kind of uh, drugs or any kind. <laughs> Jake. Yeah. She had planned on not having a, uh, any kind of medication or drugs that would take away the pain. She's going to do it all natural. And we get into the process. I don't know how many minutes, but all of uh, we're like almost there. And it's like <laughs> just a, a minute or two apart. And the... the uh, contractions are so tough and it's it's pretty bad and to the point where I just wanted to take my take my space just get without of arm's reach (laughs) and she decided we're no longer doing this the all-natural way bring me something I felt like in that moment, I could have said, but thank you. You're going to have a baby. It's going to be wonderful. (laughs) All that doesn't matter, right? No one cares about that in that moment. And in life, it's the same way. God's doing something and there's turbulence and God's getting ready to birth something in you and you don't care. We don't care. I don't care because the pain, it hurts, God. Stop the pain. But if you could just get through the pain and realize, okay, I'm going to grip my teeth. And I remember the the doctor turned to you and said, okay, focus. (laughs) She focused. But I couldn't have said that. (laughs) I just wanted to like wink at the doctor. Good job. Good job. (laughs) Sometimes we need somebody in our life to say, hey, focus. Stop screaming and look. God's doing something in you. Are you ready for it? Stop running from it. Romans 8 24, but the longer we wait, the, long, the, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. We're getting closer and closer. You have to realize that there's purpose in your pain. Patience isn't the ability to wait, but how you act while you're waiting. That's what patience is. It's how you act while you're waiting. It's not just that you can wait. You're going to have to wait anyway. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants to do a deep work in you. And finally, number three, and we're going to close. As soon as I give you this, you can write it down. Even our very best cannot possibly compare to anything God has in mind. Like God has great things prepared for you. Would you just take your notes right there and close them right in front of you? I want us to pray together. God has great things prepared And he wants to do those things in your life, but you have to be willing to say, okay, God, it doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna trust you. Okay, God, it, it, it seems ridiculous, but I'm gonna trust you. Okay, God, no one else in my life believes me when I tell them what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads right here, and let's just tell God, God, I'm going to trust you today. We can learn the lessons from Sarah. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, and we ask you to show up in every situation that you that we're standing in God we trust you we put our hearts and our minds our lives into your hands and we thank you that even though it might not make sense we're just going to keep walking by faith we're going to keep doing things the way that you've prescribed in the hopes that one day can be written in your book that even Sean even each of these in this room would be listed among those who walked by faith and won the race. Lord, I thank you for working in us and helping us to continue to run with perseverance that we not, might not be tired, that we might not fall down and when we do stumble, that we get back up and we continue to trust you, and that you would put people with us that could run beside us in the same direction that we might be stronger together. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you're saying, you know, I've never given my life to God. In fact, I've been running kind of in the opposite direction. I haven't wanted to believe. It's been too big to even imagine that God could want to use me. If that's you and you have been holding back your life, I want to give you an opportunity right now. We're going to say a prayer just in submission to God and giving our life to Him and asking Him to come into our lives and forgive us and save us. If you never said that prayer, and that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you're saying, I'm ready to stop running, I'm ready to surrender to God this morning, I'm ready for this morning, in this moment, to be a moment of change for the rest of my life. If that's you and you're saying, I want to be included in that prayer, would you just raise your hand up right now? Right now, put your hand up between you and God and no one else looking around. Would you just say, I want to be included in that prayer? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And for all of those of you who just raised your hands and those who didn't raise your hands, would you say this prayer with me as we invite him to come into our lives? God, I thank you for Jesus. Come into my life save me fill me change me use me god today i surrender today i give you my life amen let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer i'm excited for you because god that first step of faith that's like the you've just started the race the gun has just fired and you're off the you're off the starting line What an awesome race we get to run together. I'm going to ask the ushers to get into position. I'm going to ask the band to join me on stage. Here's the cool thing. If you said that prayer for the first time, fill out the connection card. And at the bottom, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Jesus today. I'm not going to call you or come visit you, but I want to send you some stuff. In fact, I have a copy of the book right here. I'd love to send you this book. As a free gift, if you fill out that card or if you said that that prayer right outside in the in the hallway, there's a next step to table. It's an orange table. You can pick up one of these books. We'd love to, to put this in your hand because there's nothing better than knowing that you're running the race on purpose, taking each step on purpose. If today is not your first time, you're not new to Relate, you've decided that Relate is your home, then I would encourage you to go ahead and get your tithes and your offerings ready. We're gonna give and close the service with just a short time of worship. And then uh, I'm gonna come back and dismiss you. Would you guys worship with us? And would you just take a minute? Uh, Right on the screen behind me is the way that you can give online. Otherwise, the, uh, the ushers are gonna pass the offering buckets as we worship. And you can go ahead and prepare those things. About 70% of you give online. And every dollar that we plant into the kingdom of God, we pray that he uses it. We pray that he would multiply it to use us to change people's lives, to see to see families put back together, to see homes rebuilt, to see relationships restored, people who are far from God be brought close to him. And i thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining together with us to see god do that work right here in this place and in us would you hold your gift in your hand i'm going to pray for you and then we're going to worship together father god i pray right now that you would take this gift that we are planting into your kingdom today that would you would multiply it god that you would cause it to grow and be poured blessings back into the lives of those who today are planting those seeds we give it in worship this morning in Jesus name would you stand with us as we give God bless you guys let's worship together your
1: presence is an open door so come now Lord
0: you for all of your many blessings on us. I thank you that you walk with us this week and that your light shines on us and in us and everywhere we go God that you would give favor that you would go before us that whatever we touch would be blessed in Jesus name we thank you for being a great God Amen. God bless you guys we'll see you next week for Playlist
1: morning relate can you please stand with us this morning as we worship our king of kings oh we look to the sun set our eyes on a savior see the image of love sing his praises forever the sun. Salvation, staring through the dead of night, see the kingdom burst into color at the speed of light,
0: freedom,
1: breaking up the atmosphere. As the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears. Beyond the skies above, love reaching out for us.
0: The everlasting
1: one. Jesus our God. Sing it up. Oh, we look to the sun. Set our eyes on the Savior. See the image of love, sing His praises forever, oh we look to the sun, oh we look to the sun, waking up to kingdom come, see the hope of heaven shining like the rising sun. Now forever, lifted up from death to life. There's no fear in love and no darkness in his endless life. Jesus, beyond the skies above, love reaching out for Jesus our God. Oh, we look to the south on a savior see the image of love sing his praises forever oh we look to the sun love reaching out for us the everlasting one jesus our god come on sing it again beyond the skies above love reaching out for us the everlasting one jesus our god oh we look to the sun come on to the sun going to come up and he's going to lead us in community. So if you could just hold the elements until he comes up. Oh, your glory Lord I give you glory for all you've brought me through and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do I'm moving forward to follow after you and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do your presence is in Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door, so come now, Lord, like never before. Hallelujah. is yet to come the cross before me my hope are things above and in you Jesus the best is yet to come Like this, this morning? Are you believing for a breakthrough this morning? God's got something on the other side. If you follow into his promise, he's got something on the other side. I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't. Yeah. an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before.
0: We talk about breakthrough because we know that God's promises are true, but all of what God has given us goes back to one moment in time where God sent his son to die on a cross, to lay down his life for us, to be beaten and bruised and broken and hung on a cross to die for us so that we might have that life, so that it made possible all those promises all the promises of health and life and eternal life and blessing the the the, the ability that we can walk out of darkness and leave our old life behind and say thank you God for this new life that was all made possible by one sacrifice where Jesus laid down his life so every month when we come together and we take communion together and we take the bread and we take the cup and we do it in remembrance, it's not just remembering a moment where sadness and darkness fell on the earth and it wasn't a moment of defeat, but it was actually a moment of victory. Where the Bible says that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and it made all those other promises possible. It made possible for us to stand here today and walk into the presence of God and proclaim victory and proclaim that my breakthrough is coming I'd like us to just take a moment today before we approach the table of the Lord and as Paul said let's examine ourselves let's look at our look within ourselves of the things that shouldn't be here maybe there are things that should be there that aren't would you just close your eyes and let's take a moment of examination Father God, we, like David in Psalms, say, search me. Look within me. And if there are things that shouldn't be there, God, I ask you to take them. If there's sin in my heart and in my mind and in my life, I ask you to take it away from me. I ask you to forgive me of that sin. That I might walk in your righteousness. And that I might be able to approach your table with holiness. And the forgiveness which you offer to all of us. Jesus name as Jesus was there with the the disciples before he went to the cross says that they had a meal and he took the bread and he broke it and gave thanks he said this is my body that was broken for you today would you take the bread and would you break it and would you take it in remembrance of his body that was broken and bruised and nailed to a cross would you take it and eat all of it